This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I was awakened at 3 o'clock this morning from a horrific dream. But it was a dream that spoke to me about what I should speak about this morning. It took me back to my childhood and I was at my neighbor's house when I was a little boy. And there was this huge lion that wouldn't let me go out and play. And this lion was perched atop a tree, a tree that we used to use for bamboo shoots. In Florida, we made pop guns out of these trees. And that lion was just perched above those trees. I tried everything I could to get around it. I tried everything I could to get away from it. But it scared me. I was afraid. I was afraid of that lion. I woke up at 3 o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep. I tried and then I would wake up. I tried and I'd wake up. I was sitting there and the power of God, the presence of God just came over me. And I know that it's a sign. And I know that God has um, just kind of dropped in me uh, something to share with you as I get ready to leave. Um, He put this word in me that said, and this is the topic, there is a lion tracking us, but there is a lamb protecting us. First Peter chapter five. Thank you, my brother. Verse number eight through 11 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 8. I'm going to read one verse and you can say amen after I read it. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour there's a lion tracking us but there's a lamb protecting us father i thank you for this time bless us now gather our thoughts position us for courage in jesus name amen in my journeys to zimbabwe i've become more and more familiar with the devil's tactics not just because of some of the incidents that have occurred, and we've had some even in my physical body at times. Even this week, my assistant, my right-hand man, had a stroke while I was here. Also, one of my dear friends um, passed away, went home to be with the Lord. So there always seems to be something when I come here. My reason, though, um, for having this new revelation of the devil's attack It's not because of the things I've experienced, but it's because Africa is the home to the majestic lion. I've talked to people like Carl, 
who's one of the great animal trackers on this planet, in this continent, and I've gotten some great information about the great lion. I've also had to listen to the legendary hyperbolized tales of Pastor Tom as he's tried to scare the life out of me and my teams when we go on safaris together. There is nowhere you can go in Zim and not be reminded of the presence of the king of the jungle, the lion. I said king of the jungle, but it's more accurate maybe to call him king of the beasts because lions don't necessarily live in a jungle. Their home is the open savannah. And to know that and to hear these tales, I think that it's movies like Tarzan and The Lion King that have made the lion the king of the jungle so popular. They set the lion in rainforests. They set the lion in thick brush and not in the open plains of the brown savannah. So what I've known from a child up though is that lions are fierce and they're excellent hunters. How many of you know that to be true? They're fierce and they're excellent hunters. Some of you don't know that to be true. You wouldn't respond if somebody put a gun to your head and say, tell me, is that true or not? It helps the preacher when you respond. It helps the preacher to feed you when you're hungry. It helps the water to flow when you're thirsty. And so what happens is you need to understand that the lion is by nature an excellent hunter, but also by nature he is unrivaled by virtue of his raw power and strength. The lion is scary and very confident. I had the great fortune of going to Balibon and had that cross-eyed lion over there that just runs down the hill when you show up and and he got to the gate and I sat at the gate and I said I'm face to face with a lion and so I looked at him and I got down he was right there on the fence and I looked at him right now when I got real close I kind of backed up and said, said okay you the man you got this very scary very confident it is said that the lion fears no other animal but I learned this through my research at three o'clock this morning that he respects even his prey. That's one of the ways to be successful. You take nothing for granted. You have to respect even that which is subject unto you. And so the lion respects his prey. So the Bible uses the symbol of the lion for us to learn some things about God and the devil. Different books in the Old Testament in particular reveals attributes of God as a lion. Proverbs says uh, concerning the lion that the lion's teeth are strong, that the lion is fearless, that the lion is stealthy, very stealth. The lion, of course, I've learned is frightening and the lion is territorially protective. These things are revealed in the word of God. But some of the attributes that are used to describe God himself are even more clear than some of those found in the Proverbs and other books, especially the Old Testament. It's on the screen, Isaiah chapter 38, verse number 13. Listen to what Isaiah says in his bewailing before God. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion, he broke all my bones. Day and night, you made an end of me. He says in Isaiah 31 and 4, he says this, this is what the Lord says. 
as a lion growls, a great lion over its prey. And though a whole band of shepherds is called together against it, it is not frightened by their shouts or disturbed by their clamor. So the Lord Almighty will come down to do battle with Mount Zion and on its heights. No matter how many shepherds holler on how much noise you make, it does not fret the lion. Amos 3 verse 8, the lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? So God himself is likened unto a lion. In 1 Peter, the devil is compared to a lion and is portrayed as having the ability to frighten his prey with a roar as well as the ability to stalk his prey with the end being the total destruction of that prey a lion's purpose in 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 obtaining a a prey and, and tracking a prey and stalking a prey is for the total annihilation of that prey so in this context the prey in first peter 5 are the saints. First Peter 5 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I love reading that verse to people because I get to say, Your adversary, the devil. Uh, when I'm reading it myself, it's my adversary. But when I read it publicly, I can freely say, Your adversary, the devil. Now, when I read this, the thing that leaps out at me, leaps out, no pun intended, that leaps out at me is the way the majestic lion stalks and tracks its prey. Uh, I'm not here to teach you things about the mighty lion that lives in the backyards of your beautiful African nation. I'm not here to teach you anything that you don't already know about lions. But I am him to give you this revelation and the interpretation of the dream that I had. Because we cannot overlook the parallels and the simile that's found in this text. The word says that the devil is as a lion. That's simile. That's a form of speech where you compare something to something to make a point. It says as a result that we should be sober and vigilant. Let's read that verse again. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I always thought that lions go after the weak. I've been taught the cutout principle where they will surround the lionesses in particular when they, when they uh, hunt in, 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 in herds or whatever they're called in flocks or what are they called in packs or what are they called in prides, ain't prides, when they hunt together. That they would find the weaker and they would start working and they would pinpoint them, cut them out and they only went after the weak or the wounded or the young. It's amazing the different things you find and information about lions because some people say that's not true. Some people say it's a mixture. Some people say this, that, and the other. But one thing that I did get clarity on, and I'm glad I did, and here's where we go with the message. I always thought that the lion only hunts at night or in the early dawn. I thought that to be true. So I felt like I could walk around in the daytime through the savannah and wouldn't have to worry about a lion because I thought the lions attacked at night. But in my research, 
I discovered that they hunt early in the morning. They'll hunt in the middle of the day. And anytime one of you want to give them an opportunity to display their skills. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> in other words, you have to be on the alert against the devil 24 7 24 hours a day it says be sober what does the word be sober mean not drunk not influenced by something that lowers your guard then it says be vigilant watchful watchful this is more than just watchful this is a real word here pastor leslie and and tawana uh, tawanda in particular have taught me what this means when you look up the word vigilant it says, even if the way seems clear, even if the light is green, you still look both ways before you enter the intersection. In other words, when Pastor Leslie was driving me and as Tawanda drives me, I realized that I have to be vigilant because they will head into an intersection without looking both ways. So I'm vigilant for them. And so I've learned that it's clear but look both ways. It may look clear in your life, but keep your head on a swivel. Look both ways. 24-7, be alert, be sober, be vigilant. So why should we be sober? Why should we be vigilant? Why should we be on watch? The lion has a tactic that goes hand in hand with him being stealth. I've learned that the lion also uses something called camouflage. Camouflage. And even though it's not necessary sometimes for a lion, because he's a bad man, but when he blends in amongst the long brown grass of the Salvana or the Serengeti or some, some similar location, he can blend in and he can, he can adapt the color of, of, of the grass and, and sneak up on his prey. He'll be right there and you can't see him. Even the hairs of the mane of the lion blends in with the tall grass and you can barely see him. Ain't that like the devil? He'll come right up here in the house of God and blend in with the saints of God. He camouflages himself amongst the workers, the ushers, the greeters, the choir, the, 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 even the preachers. He'll dress like you. He'll talk like you. Come on. He'll sing like you. And he'll definitely act like you. He can be as religious as you are. And you won't even know he's right in the midst of you, seeking whom he may devour. That's why we read 1 Peter 5, 8 again. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Bible here calls him our adversary. Adversary. That's a judicial term. It's a courtroom term. He's our accuser in court. It's like being charged wrongfully because he is a liar. So he accuses us wrongfully. The accusation is made. It's not true, but in the courts of heaven, you have to defend yourself. He calls you a liar, and you have to prove him wrong. If he calls you a sinner, then you have to prove him wrong. If he accuses you of anything, you have to prove him wrong. Here's the deal. Peter is talking to saints who were under some serious attack, and he wants them to know something. Here's what he wants them to know. There's a lion on the loose and he's trying to defeat you, to bind you, to
to keep you from becoming what God would have you to be. And I'm saying today, the devil's on the prowl. The devil promises the best, y'all, but he pays the worst. He promised honor, but the end is disgrace. He promises you pleasure, and he pays with pain. He promised you profit, but he pays with loss. He promises life, but he pays with death. We call him the thief. He comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So these texts are not to scare us. And I can see some of you petrified at the fact that there is a lion in the street, that there's a devil, that there's a beast that is lurking above the trees. The texts are not to scare you. That's why I can repetitively read them and I'm gonna keep reading them. It, it's not to make us believe that the devil is a lion and has all the power. The devil is as a lion and has limited power. Listen to what I discovered early this morning. A lion's hunt, I, I, I didn't know the statistics, is more unsuccessful than successful. It's also uncommon, not uncommon, for a lion to not even eat for five to seven days. A percentage of the lion's food comes from animals that have already been killed or died of disease. And even during a hunt, it's not uncommon for a lion to get his teeth kicked out, to get gorged by a cape buffalo, to get smacked in the face by the kick of a zebra, to get kicked in the ribs and broken, y'all not helping me, by a zebra. You guys act like you don't live in Africa. You act like you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I, I can preach this in the United States of America and they never even seen a zebra, a lion, or a giraffe and they'll be like, amen, amen, amen. You've run from lions and you've run from zebra and, and you've run from giraffes and, and you've seen all of this stuff and you sit there like a gator by the lake, like a wart on a pickle, acting like you know everything I'm talking about. And even if you do, listen to this message. The lion is not successful against all of its prey. That's why the text says he's seeking whom he may devour because he cannot devour everybody by himself. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it. I'm going to preach myself happy. When it comes to us as believers, listen what the word says concerning us and the lion. Psalm 91 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. You still don't get it. The devil has no power over the believer. Luke 10 19 says it even further. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me build faith in you. If the devil had real power, he would not be called the great deceiver because what he would say would be true. If 
if he had real power, he would not have to be called the father of lies. If he had real power, he could kill you when you sinned. If he had real power, you wouldn't have walked out of that accident. You wouldn't have made it after that divorce. If he has real power, he wouldn't have got up when you were sick. The cholera would have killed you if he had real power. He doesn't come to play with us. He doesn't come to frustrate us. He comes to destroy us. He wants to devour us, but he can only go so far because God is God. He has all power. He is all that and a bag of chips. If he had power, we could make you quit easily. We cannot fear the devil in our lives like animals fear the lion in the bush. We can't do that. You know who's afraid of the devil? You know, some of y'all might be in here. I hope I don't insult you with this, but I'm just saying. There's just certain people the Bible reveals that are afraid of the devil. And that was my dream last night. I saw myself in Proverbs 22, 13. Here's what I saw. And this is the verse he led me to. The lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. The lazy person is a person without a plan, without a purpose, without a destiny. Somebody who's not sure of who they are and confident that today takes me to be in it. Today requires my attention. Today requires my presence. Today requires if I go to the job or don't go to the job, things are not going to be right. If I don't get up and fix breakfast, things are not going to be right. If I don't attend to the things that I've been called to attend to, things are not going to be right. So that person says, there's a lion out there if I go out there I'll be killed but the next verse says a wise man said there's a lion in the street let me see how I can maneuver let me see how I can get around him let me see how I can make it and be successful on this day the devil is seeking someone who he can swallow up and utterly destroy so let me show you something I'm getting bold in my old age and here's what I need y'all to know the lion is the king of all animals the lion is powerful he has claws that are powerful his jaws are powerful his teeth are sharp he's fast and he's skillful at what he does but I got to show you the power of God over the power of the deceiver the power of God over the power of the devil that walks about as a roaring lion I'm going to show you the power of God over the life or in the life of a believer judges chapters 14 verse 5 and 6 you want to see power so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat though he had nothing in his hand but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. You missed that. A lion came. A young, strong lion came and Samson had nothing nothing in his hands but the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he ripped that lion apart like you would rip apart a young goat you're not helping me here God has given us power over all the power of the wicked one I'm telling you right now when he comes upon you nothing shall by any means harm you Oh, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. First Samuel 17. You heard this preached the other night. Hear it again. But David, 
David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. And your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You're not helping me here. David was anointed and he stayed anointed from that day forward. And so when a lion came, he ripped it apart. When a bear came, he ripped it apart. David was not afraid of a lion and David wasn't afraid of that giant. Now I'm telling you, Samson wasn't afraid of that lion and Samson wasn't afraid of Delilah. I'm just telling y'all this right now. You need to understand that if God delivers you from the lion, he'll deliver you from whatever else is coming into your life. He promises to deliver you. But I also got to let you know something. That if God won't let you defeat the lion like David and Samson with your bare hands. Because some of you say, well that was Samson and that was David and I shake myself sometimes and nothing happens I quicken myself and nothing happens but let me give you something because God if he doesn't let you handle the lion he'll handle the lion for you somebody give me Daniel 6 up on the screen he'll handle it for you so at the last the king gave orders to Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God who you serve so faithfully, Daniel, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Remember that song? I couldn't sleep at all that night. I was tossing and... Anyway, verse 19. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel! Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, live long. <laughs> long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight and I have no, not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted in his God. Not a scratch was found on him because he trusted Danny in his God. Not a scratch was found on him. If you won't whoop the lion with your own hands, then God says, I'll give the lion lockjaw. I will keep the lion from hurting you. You can get up and go out into the street because I got a muzzle on that lion. You don't have to fear. I got a muzzle on the, I wish I had some help. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, 
I, I wish I had somebody that's been intimidated by our adversary, being accused falsely, have been in the court of heaven saying, God, I believe you. I trust you. But look what's going on. I'm afraid. God said, either rip him apart or lay down and take a nap because that lion cannot harm you because I am. But let me say this the way God gave it to me. How is this possible? How can a man withstand the assault and the attack of the devil who uses the tactics of the most magnificent creature on the planet, the lion? If you really knew the Bible, you would go back to Genesis 1 where God made man and put him in dominion over everything. So I'll show it to you. Put that lion's face on that screen that Jonathan Duchelle so beautifully mastered. Take a look at this face. Notice what you see. This is going to get good. Please receive this in the Holy Ghost. Notice what you don't see. When I saw this depiction, I immediately said, that is an absolutely wonderful depiction of the face of a lion. In my dream last night, that lion looked just like that. I was afraid to the much so that I got up and was given this word. Here's what you heard at the announcements about a lion. When a lion devours its prey, his mouth is usually found dripping with blood. His face is usually plastered in red. And he is menacing as he roars in laughter at the ruin of his prey. But look closely at the picture. This picture is not representative of the devil who walks about as a roaring lion. This picture is representative of another lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, in Hebrew tradition, it is the tribe, Judah is, that's responsible for praise. Judah means praise. It's responsible for the praise and the worship of God. So this tribe or this lion represents the majesty and the glory, the doxa, of God, that God is worthy to be praised. The beauty and the majesty of this beast depicts the handiwork of God, the craftsmanship of God. So as I read further, I found that in the time of battle, the text says, send Judah first. That there has to be, remember in the valley of Jehoshaphat, when they were there and they were surrounded in that valley and the king was there and they were praying and they were coming in from all over. They were completely surrounded in that amphitheater of a valley. And then uh, they panicked and, 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 and Jehoshaphat, what are we going to do? And then Jehaziel, the prophet, stands up, God touches him and he says, you ain't got to do nothing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Get the tenors, get the altos, get the sopranos, get the 
baritones, get a couple of monotones and let them go out before you and sing praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. This is Judah in the valley and the Bible said that the enemy began to ambush themselves and the enemy defeated themselves. We now know that praise steals the avenger and that God will give you the victory if you send Judah first. So the lion of the tribe of Judah. But keep reading. I get to the end of the book and I find in Revelations 5, 5, Jesus himself is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Actually, the text is the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse. So here is this lion. I'm scared of a lion. The lion is fierce. The lion is brutal. The lion is scary. But notice the picture, what you don't see. You've heard it, but now look at it again. There is no blood on the mouth of this lion. We heard that. We've heard that a couple of times this week. But here's what you need to see. The blood at the bottom of that picture to the left is not just blood from a battle or blood only from surviving some encounters. I want you to see what the blood is. The blood is on the body. Oh no, you missed that, didn't you? The blood is on the body. You are the body. You are the, the body of Christ. And those of us who are under the blood, we may be tracked by a lion, but there's another lion that's protecting us. You may have been tracked day and night. You may have been tracked even as you came in here today. But if you've been washed in the blood of the lamb, the devil cannot devour you. This is not something for you to be afraid of. This is something for you to worship and to praise God and to thank him that the blood has been applied to your situation. Our lion is a lamb. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. We love not our lives unto the death. There's a lion tracking us, but there's a lamb protecting us. There's a lion tracking us, but there's a lamb protecting us. The blood is on the body. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. He cannot devour you. You will You know where the keyboard player is. He was on overtime. The blood is on the body. Imagine that. Oh, hood boy from Jacksonville, Florida, is in the nation of Zimbabwe. It's preaching in an action conference was told late last night that you're preaching this morning and go back and say well I need to take a nap so that I can think clearly so I can think clearly 
Job would sleep and God would speak to him upon his night watch and give him what to do. So as I laid down quickly, I said, God, whatever you want to do, do it. God, show it to me. At three o'clock this morning, I saw that face. It was in my childhood. And I've been afraid of lions all my life. And I never paid attention that there is a lion that we don't have to be afraid of because that lion is a lamb. Behold the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Some of you, you're tired from all of the service this week. You're tired from laboring all day yesterday. You're tired. And when you fatigue the mind, the spirit man even can't even grasp something as plain and at the same time as powerful as what you see depicted in that picture. Because Zimbabwe, let me tell you something. The only way you're going to make it out of this recession, this drought, the only way you're going to get out from under this mismanagement by government and all these different things, the only way you're not going to lose your ever-loving mind, quit, give up, walk away, get a visa and head to the United States or some other part of the world, the only way you're going to endure this hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ is if the blood is on the body. Because of the blood, we are more than conquerors. Because of the blood, we are overcomers. Because of the blood, we already have the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in the lion from the tribe of Judah. Jesus is his name. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the one. Jesus defeats our enemies. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but the blood washed it white as snow. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do your sins be like scarlet? He'll make them white like wool. Do it be like crimson? He'll make them white like snow. The blood, it reaches to the highest valley and it flows to the mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never, it will never lose its power. The blood that flows from Emmanuel's vein, the blood that flows from the cross, cleansing my guilt and shame. The blood is on the body. The lion of the tribe of Judah, when he sees the blood, he will not allow you to be devoured. When you're under the blood, you're under the protection of the true king of all beasts, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If you believe that, put your hands together, stand up on your feet, open up your mouth 
in your own Zimbabwean fashion, whatever way you tell God, thank you, whatever way you tell God, when you think about the blood that was shed for you, whatever you do when you think about the blood that was shed on the cross, whatever you do when you think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, whatever you do when you're home by yourself and you just get to thinking about how good God is, I want you to take about 30 seconds and act like that right now and tell the Lord thank you for the blood. Come on, say thank you for the blood. Say it. Thank you for the blood. Say it. Thank you for the blood. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I just couldn't. But I promise you, I found peace when I realized that the lion is a lamb and the blood of the lamb saves my soul, protects me and makes me whole. Yeah, some of you that are already saved, you ought to act like you're saved. You ought to act like you believe that. You ought to act like God is real to you. Because there's some people here who may not know that. See, why does it matter about your expressions? Why does it matter about your response when you hear truth? Because there are others who don't know the truth. And there are others who come looking for the lion and the lamb. And, and they need to sometimes see how it has impacted or affected your life. So when you come like a couple of your brothers did and have your Sunday siesta, siesta, that's Espanol for rest and sleep. When you come to the house of God and sit in those luxurious seats and lay back and act like you're the only one here or you're at your recliner and all you need is a remote to get all four of those channels y'all have here in Zimbabwe. You got 120 channels and it's really just four because they all play the same thing. I've been so frustrated here. I have not seen any television in a week. I'm having withdrawals. I have 1,800 channels on my television. And like my wife says, and nothing worth watching. So you ought to thank God you don't see a whole lot over here. But if you're in here and you've not applied the blood that's on the lion's body, if you're in here today and you don't know this lion or this lamb, if you're in here today and like me, maybe you've been afraid of God all your life, afraid of Jesus because the interpretation of my dream, it took me 26 years to render my life and surrender myself to the Lord because I was afraid of him. I thought he was calling me to bondage. I thought he was going to mess up my life. I thought that he was going to cramp my style. And so when I'm back in my neighborhood and I'm standing and I'm looking at those trees where we used to have all of our fun with and make our pop guns with, and there's this lion atop those trees, he was looking down at me and I was afraid when I should have been looking up to him and saying, I yield, I yield. But I ran for 26 years, I ran 
For 26 years, I thought God was some mean ogre that sat upon a throne with a guillotine. And the moment you mess up, he'll take you out. I had this disruptive image of God. I really didn't know who he was. And then one day, when I really needed the blood, when I really needed help, when I really needed him, he showed up. And when he showed up, I yielded. And now I know him. And now when I look into the face of the lion of the tribe of Judah, no longer am I afraid. Now when I see the blood on his mane or the blood on his body, no longer do am I confused about why it's not on his mouth. He didn't come to devour us. He came to save us. Come on, y'all. And if you're in this room and you want him to save you, come right now. And I know this is one of those wealthy places. And Pastor Tom, I know in our church sometimes, I don't even give invitations. I don't even do it because he set forth his word and it healed them. And sometimes, you know, just getting people, the same people to do, be redundant and to come and to come and to come and to come. And sometimes I tell people, let them come because then one time they're going to get it right. But the success of a message, it's not how many people come to an altar. It's not how many people give their lives to the Lord or walk down an aisle and act like they gave their lives to the Lord. The success of any sermon, any message, any word from the Lord is the obedience to say what God told you to say and leave the results up to him. Jeremiah preached all his life and made one convert. Told God, you lied to me. I'm going to quit. But he couldn't because it was like fire shut up in his bones and it's not for him to get the results one man plants one waters it's God who gives the increase I'm going to pray for any lost soul right now and if you're in here come from the balcony the back the sides wherever you are and I'm getting out of the way lest I stand between you and your lion of the tribe of Judah Father thank you for this time I thank you for this opportunity to share this word with this people I thank you for this platform, God, that you didn't have to allow me to stand on. I thank you, God, for the courage to be obedient and to say what you told me to say. Now, God, I pray for the heart of that man, that woman, that old man, that old woman, that young boy, that young girl, that young man, that young woman. I pray, God, for that person, God, who may have heard something today and it made sense to them. It made sense to them that we're lost and we need a Savior, that we're afraid of God, but we don't have to be that we know about him, but we don't know him. So I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would draw them to you right now, that they'll make it a, a decision that'll be final, that'll be once for all, that they'll get up out of those chairs, they'll walk down those aisles, and, and they'll be received into the kingdom and to the body of Christ, that they'll make a public declaration of their inward faith, that they'll be able to say, hey, y'all, I'm tired of the world, I'm tired of the way things are going, I'm tired of rolling over and saying there's a lion in the street and I'm going to get killed, I'm tired, I want to do something, I want to be wise, I want to be somebody I want to be productive I, I, I need the power of God in my life I, I need Jesus to do this I need help from outside of myself and father if they're in here would you draw them right now would you let them God break the curse of slothfulness and laziness and waiting on somebody else's and let them God just be proactive and get up themselves 
and just come because they know they need to. And Father, after this obedient word, after you have shared with us today, after the depiction by Jonathan Deshell, after the wisdom of being able to put the blood on the body, I thank you, God, for this vigil, and I thank you for the interpretation of my dream. Now, God, my real desire is that somebody gets saved. I know that it's your desire that none perish, but that all come to repentance. Let it be so now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.